Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Tara Stingley, a partner with Klein Williams in Omaha, Nebraska. Here on Employment Matters, we bring you updates from around the world as we dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks practice on the ground in jurisdictions around the globe, working daily to help their clients move through these difficult times. Today, we're chatting with one of our members in Colorado. Joining us on the program is Mark Waletsky, partner at Holland & Hart LLP in Boulder, Colorado. Today, Mark is gonna share an update on a new pay equity law recently enacted in Colorado and what employers need to know about this new law. Mark, welcome to the program. How are you today? Thank you very much, Tara. I'm doing great. So let's start with the basics. I understand Colorado recently enacted a new pay equity law Does that law apply to all employers in Colorado? It does. There is no limit right now on that new law in terms of size of employer, number of employees, or really any other factor. So if a company is based in Colorado or not, if a company has Colorado employees, they are now subject to this new pay equity law. Now, you raise a good point with so many employees still continuing to work remotely because of the pandemic. How does this law apply to an employer that's located primarily outside of Colorado, but that has employees physically working within the state? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So the law does apply to multi-jurisdictional employers, whether they are multinational or simply multi-state, as long as there are employees in Colorado even if they're here working remotely, there's no physical office. It doesn't matter under this new law, employers are still subject to the requirements. So for those employers who have maybe a large footprint or maybe a small footprint, but have even just a few employees in Colorado, they too are now subject to the requirements of this law. So it sounds like this new law has a pretty broad footprint. What exactly does it require new employers to be aware of? That's also a great question. And it's not quite as simple as you would think when you hear pay equity, because the law really does have two separate and distinct parts. The first part of the law is your typical pay equity requirement, which says that men and women need to be paid the same if they're performing substantially similar work. That is not, frankly, all that unusual. The slight differences, but important differences with federal law are that in Colorado, just as in a few other states such as Massachusetts, there are very limited reasons for which men and women can be paid different amounts. There is no catch-all category. So if you don't fit within those categories that are listed in the statute, which involve things such as maybe working in a different area, or maybe there's some different experience level, if you don't fit into one of those categories and there is a pay differential, then that can be a real problem that has to be addressed. The second part of the statute is frankly less common, and that's the posting requirements. In Colorado, in an effort to address 
pay inequities between men and women, which we know exist in the workforce, has said that employers must post the salary or a pay range for the job opening or for the position at issue and has to inform employees about, or candidates, I should say, about the benefits and any other commissions and bonuses that are available. Now, employers don't have to get into a ton of detail on the commissions or bonuses or the benefits, but employees or candidates need to know at least that there are those things available in some general sense and there has to be a good faith basis for that salary range. So if an employer came in and said, well, the salary could be anywhere between zero and $500,000, that would likely be a problem if there was an audit or investigation or complaint. The other part that employers should know about the posting requirement is that Colorado employers have to notify existing employees of promotional opportunities. So if there is a job posting or a job opening, and that could be a promotional opportunity for a Colorado-based employee, then the employees need to be told about it. They need to understand how to apply and they need to be given notice. There's no specific amount of notice given, but again, the idea is to provide more transparency. The downside is that this is a new and unique requirement that probably doesn't fit neatly with a lot of employers' existing recruiting practices. And so in light of that, in light of the burdens that this imposes and the breadth and scope of this new law, is there any chance this new pay equity law is going to be challenged? In fact, it has been challenged. There is a trade association that filed a lawsuit in federal court. That is still pending. We are monitoring that case to see what happens. The lawsuit really only challenges the second part of this new pay equity law, the part that deals with posting requirements. So we don't quite know how that's going to come out. We think there are some good arguments that were made with respect to this new law and its reach because it really does impact employers and employer practices outside of the state of Colorado, which is unusual. That's not how state laws typically work. But Until we get a ruling, we really don't know. There's been a lot of briefings so far. We're waiting to see what happens. We anticipate a ruling at least at a preliminary stage within the next month or two, but it's very unclear at this time whether that means that's going to end the case or whether that will have an impact on the enforceability of the law going forward because who knows? There could be an appeal. There could be motions for reconsideration. So really hard to tell right now. And I imagine these posting requirements, this may very well trip up a lot of employers who just aren't familiar with it and aren't quite sure what to do. What are the penalties for not complying with the posting requirements on this new pay equity law? So the penalties can be severe, anywhere between $500 and $10,000. And 
I agree. A lot of employers may not be aware of this. This is not a typical or customary requirement yet in most states. And so it remains somewhat unusual. So employers really should make an effort to review the law, review the regulations so that they don't get tripped up. We don't yet know how many resources are going to be put into investigating these posting requirements or any alleged violations of them. And at this time, it appears as if the administrative remedies are the only remedies available for a violation of the posting requirements, but that too remains untested. It's certainly possible that individuals may challenge a company that does not comply by filing some type of complaint in court and suggesting that there is some type of private right of action for a violation. Now, it sounds like the Colorado legislature has been pretty busy recently. In addition to the pay equity law, they've also enacted a new paid sick leave law and paid family medical leave. So let's talk first about the paid sick leave law. Who does that law apply to and how does it impact employers in Colorado? Sure. The law currently applies to employers with 16 or more employees in Colorado. That will change as of January 1, 2022. The law is going to apply to all employers in Colorado. So paid sick leave is coming to really all employers in Colorado. And again, does this also apply to those employers that have employees that are working remotely in Colorado, even if the employer itself doesn't have a big or significant footprint in Colorado itself? I'd say yes. That has not yet been tested in court. But my view after reviewing the statute and some case law is that if there is an employee in the state, whether there is an office here or not, then the employee is entitled to the protections of this new law. So I do think multi-state employers, just as if they have employees in California, for example, or some other states that have paid sick leave laws, they really need to be looking at Colorado now and ensuring that employees are getting the paid sick leave to which they are entitled on an annual basis, and importantly, that they're able to use it for all of the reasons listed in the statute. Now, Mark, can you give us a sense of what this law requires employers to do? Do the paid sick leave requirements vary depending on an employee's years of service, or are they fairly consistent across the board? That's a great question, Tara. They're very consistent. Whether you have a brand new employee or an employee who has been with you for a long period of time, whether the employee is part-time or full-time, whatever label you put on that employee really doesn't matter. The law is clear that employees have to accrue one hour of paid sick leave for every 30 hours worked, up to a total or maximum of 48 hours of sick leave per year. The unused sick leave has to roll over. Again, there is a cap of 48 hours, but what we have seen is that a number of employers have paid sick leave or paid time off policies in place, but they don't quite comply with the new requirements under the statute because, for example, there is no paid sick leave allowed for part-time employees, or there's a waiting period before paid time off or sick leave accrues. 
And that really is problematic. The law is clear that employers can use existing paid time off policies or sick time policies to comply with these new requirements, but only if those policies fit within the requirements of the new law. And importantly, employees need to be told that if there's a paid time off policy and they exhaust their available paid time off for, let's just say, vacation, they need to understand that they won't get extra paid time off, even if they need leave for a statutorily protected reason, such as some type of paid sick leave. If employees are not warned about that, then employers are going to be on the hook to provide those employees with additional paid time off. Certainly some things for employers to think about in reviewing their policies and potentially updating them now that this law is in effect and if they're going to be covered after January 2022 when the law covers smaller employers as well. Turning from paid sick leave to paid family medical leave, I understand Colorado recently passed a ballot measure providing for paid family medical leave. When does that go into effect? That's exactly right. We did pass a ballot measure. The state did, I should say. And that goes into effect starting January 1, 2023, but only with respect to starting to collect funds to fund the paid family medical leave. The actual eligibility for the benefit starts the following year, January 1st of 2024. And so right now, what should employers know about the Paid Family Medical Leave Act? And is there anything that they need to do to prepare for when it does go into effect? Well, the first thing to know is just to be aware that the program exists. And if employers have employees here in Colorado, they are going to need to start paying into this program to fund it starting in 2023. So that's important for employers to know if they already have some type of paid family leave benefit that they are administering for their employees, because one of the things you don't want to have happen is to have, typically at least, you wouldn't want to have employees able to stack benefits on top of one another. The other thing to be aware of is that this is going to provide up to 12 weeks of partial pay for various medical and family-related absences from work. So again, this is going to apply whether it's a smaller employer or a larger employer, and companies should be looking at and thinking about their policies that are already in place, their plans that are already in place, so that they're prepared for how those different leaves and paid time off provisions will apply in light of this new ballot measure that just passed. And it remains to be seen, even in Colorado, how this new family and medical leave program will interact with Colorado's new paid sick leave law, the Healthy Families and Workplaces Act that we were just talking about. It's really unclear whether employees will be able to stack, in other words, use the paid benefit under the new paid family and medical leave program, and then stack additional paid sick leave on top of that, or whether they will need to use it concurrently. We're just going to need to wait and see if we 
receive any regulations or additional guidance from the Colorado Division of Labor and Employment on that topic? Well, this is certainly a complicated area of the law for employers, and we know these issues on paid leave requirements continue to evolve around the country. But Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to discuss these issues with us and for joining us on the program today. Absolutely. Happy to do it. If you'd like to connect with Mark or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Also visit our website to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Tara Stingley. Thanks so much for listening.